podcast you just heard fixation the track is lacrimose from their upcoming lp the secrets we keep this is going to come out in three weeks on war records andrew klein from Strace record label you can pre-order right now war-rec.com this is the band that I think people sometimes forget about when they talk about some of the best in the last couple years from Philadelphia. I mean, this is right up the vein of you could go back to the early 2000s, Bridge Nine sound. There's elements of all that stuff, you know, American Nightmare, could say Blacklisted, could say all these fast, aggressive bands. And um, for those of you who, when I said the word lacrimose, or kind of like, oh, I don't know what the fuck that means. It's tearful or given to weeping. Which means this motherfucker is reading a dictionary when he's writing lyrics. So you know that shit's deep. And as I always say, Philadelphia was forever changed when Wyatt Oberholzer left New England, moved to Philadelphia. And with his incredible discography of all the shit that he records in Philadelphia, it's absolutely fucking insane. And I can't think of a time when so many Philadelphia bands had one central person who was so integrated into all the releases. So big ups to these guys. This is the uh, just the beginning of uh, what Philly's been doing lately. So many great records already came out. So many great records to come out. And this fucking Wyatt has his hands on fucking all of them. So, big ups to the boys. Today is a solo joint, as you can tell. I know, you know, it's not like we're doing this fucking fest and I'm sleeping different and I'm ornery and I'm pissed and I'm like, fuck, you know, my sleep schedule was doing so good before this fucking festival bullshit came out. But this is what the fuck you do. You sign up, you say, hey. I'm going to do something cool, and you got to put your whole ass into it. And if it means missing sleep sometimes and chasing around some chaotic shit, then that's what the fuck you do. But um, for me, specifically, I'm just really excited. Not just for This Is Hardcore, but for the state of Philadelphia hardcore shows. Tonight will be Selenus or Silenus, Conduit, Keith Band, Deal With God, Refinement and Mind Goblin. And this is at the media VFW. This is a AXBX and Stucky presents the Young Turks coming out of Philly Hardcore Shows. The meeting of the mind, so to speak. Media VFW's in Delaware County, not that far. All four seventy six, southeast of the city. Yeah, we southwest of the city rather. And close to a nifty 50s, which is open late. So go to the show, eat some hamburgers. It's fucking delicious. Be fucking cool. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I think about. Not only just going to a show, I think where we're going to eat after. There we have so many shows coming up. So many shows have been announced. Um, after the fest, we have the 20th anniversary of the Vanity Record with 18 Visions. Along with CU Space Cowboy Chamber, Wrist Meets Razor, and Snake Charmer at Underground Arts. 
tickets are, gonna, are still up for that. Uh, this fucking Bob Wilson comes out with a fucking banger at the Yuki Club, August fifth. Magnitude, Envision, and still is the record release for Envision, the Almighty Watching Band, and Garrow from Delaware. Don't sleep on these bands. Don't sleep on these kind of shows. I mean, obviously, Magnitude's that shit, but these other bands, seen Envision quite a few times now between there. Earth Crisis show, the showcase, and then recently when they played Photo uh, Photo Club, I was called a Photoshop. Um, fucking great band, probably one of Lennon's best. So a lot of up and coming bands, and I love seeing them all uh, get up there. I I know I say it every week, but we got a lot of shit coming up. Just remind you, we have a Gate Creeper show September twelfth. Two hundred stab wounds. Um, Age of Apocalypse. Simulacra's open. I can't remember how to pronounce that band's name. Oh, Tribal Glaze. That's what the fuck it was. Yeah, it's Underground Arts. We got shows. So much coming up. So much crazy shit. Bob's working on shit. Alex is working on shit. Stucky's working on shit. Support Philly. HGShows.com. Follow everybody on Instagram. Check it out. We have a lot more shit. I could talk a little bit about the Philadelphia after shows at the fest this this year because we're dropping this shit tomorrow Saturday night you're going to head over after Haybreed tears the roof off the venue because we have Drain Section Hate and Ringworm and Underground Arts don't miss that one Sunday we're still billing shit out Negative Approach is coming through they're on that tour with Circle Jerks in 7 seconds they got a day off so they're playing Philly Sunday night Underground Arts going to make that one a Bon voyage. See you later till next year. This is Hardcore After Show. Make sure you go. While we're talking, this is Hardcore. Less than a week. Thursday. H2O, Tsunami, Scarhead. That alone is a killer. Then you add all the ups and downs. The you know, the the combinations we talked about it before. Carried by six, hold my own with the split. Um, this is Key shit. Key shit. Cool shit. Uh, I like doing shows where we can help out new bands. Karma came through with uh, Dare at the yard. And they're playing the show on Thursday. Gloves off. Cody's band. Zero Trust. Zach Bulldoze. Mike Bulldoze. Some Coheed guys. Sick shit. We had them on the podcast. Check it out. Kings Never Die. We had Danny Biohazard. We're going to have Don Anastasi after the fest on here. Jay from Turning Point has a band, Honey. Very thrashy crossover and cycle of abuse. The Young Turks keeping that heavy goon shit alive in Philadelphia. A little mixed match, a little bit of everything. Trying to put some sign on some bands. These are the bands that they play the pre-show. You never know. Might be on the big show next fest. So support Thursday. Some changes made. Marauder no longer headlining Friday night. Not playing at all, in fact. I know it's some people are like, hey, are they at least still playing? It's like, no, they're they're not. Vane's now headlining. This show's completely sold out. But I would still, if you were really that kind of, I got nothing else to do, show the fuck up because you never know. We might have some extra tickets at the door. Saturday, Hatebreed, Madball, Fury of Five, Killing Time, All at War, Wisdom and Chains, Ringworm. That alone is crazy. Drains only East Coast shows till the till the fall. Never in a game. Pain of truth. Jesus Christ. Back to back to back to back. The old heads. Then some of the young heads. Mushmouth powerhouse strength for a reason. That's the fucking gold standard. Decades of that shit holding it down for their scenes. Age of Apocalypse. End it. Simulacra. That's the, that's the bands dropping that shit this fucking year. Live it down. Off the tracks, hostilities, reaching out. The band's still dropping shit, man. It's a great lineup on Saturday. Doors, 11 a.m., first band's 12, Saturday and Sunday. We end the fest with Thursday. Jeff Rickley, as I spoke many times, filled in for Sean. Did the Inga Dagger set 2010. Then we had uh, his jump in. Sing the the song Thursday with Turning Point at the Turning Point show 
Ah, this is hardcore. Like another epic moment. So here's Jeff Rickley finally doing his songs. Thursday. Terror. Flying in from Germany directly to Philadelphia. Getting off a plane. Across the fucking ocean to play this fest. They've never played the big room. They've always played Underground Arts or they headline the Starlight Ballroom. This will be the first time they're playing the main room. Comeback Kid Play has not played Philadelphia this hardcore since 2008. They've played other shows, but they haven't played the fest since 2008. Mizzy Signals never played this hardcore. Kubicons never played this hardcore. Eddie Leeway beat Cancer's ass and is still fighting. He's got his weight back up and he's fucking playing like he said he would. Gridiron. That's them boys. You know what the fuck that is. See the Space Cowboy. Incredible performance at the Polish Club, endearing to their fans beyond the metal that most bands do. Incredible. Year of the Knife. Got some got some shit in the works with Year of the Knife. Regulate. Don't ever sleep on Seb. The most slept on frontman in hardcore. Regulate. One step closer. Also flying directly in from Europe to make the show. Life's Question. They might have one of the records of the year as well. Shackled. That young band that just will not stop. Book their own tour out there right now. Give them love. Raw Brigade. Moved from South America to North America and took this motherfucker over. Their sets are getting crazier every time they play. Most most of the bands don't even work as hard as Raw Brigade does, I think, on stage. Them guys go F, go for it. People go off. It's fucking great. Multiple home front chaos. MH Chaos, which is from Chicago. First time playing the fest. See the paint up from Florida representing from within. That's going to be a wild set. Chemical Fix. That Burt guy's all right. This is another Wyatt Ober holster band. Mikey Balfalco. The double duo. This is another sick band. Combust. Slept on New York hardcore band. Fantastic record. Up there with some of my best records this year so far. And is uh, Jay Pepito, Will Putney, and Brendan from Counterpoints. Counterparts. Uh, Struck Nerve. Marty Williams. Mr. Glass. Climbs rocks, falls, breaks his ass. Foreign Hands, Young Bulls, got some new shit, Delaware style. This hardcore is a fantastic thing for me. And I'll tell you why it's fantastic. Because I love, you know, I obviously love hardcore and I love doing shows. But I love what our people get to do when we get together. And I love having a hand in... Sets that will be talked about for years. And when I say I have a hand in, it's the dirty work. It's the emails, the calls, the balls to put it together. But it's the people in the crowd and the bands on the stage that do the fucking work. And I'll never be like, it's all me. It's on them. But I'm happy that I'm able to play my position and take the talents and the experience that I have and do this. And I and I look forward to. And... I want to see every band from the first cycle of abuse track to the last note of Thursday on Sunday go off without a hitch. And I think about how lucky I am to have a culture like Hardcore to shape my ideas as a regular human being in everyday life. How it shaped my late teens all through my 20s and 30s now. Um, If you're listening to this on Friday, I'm three days away from being 42. If you listen to it later, I'm born on 4th of July, so I'm days away from being 42 years old. And as bizarre as it is to say, next year I'll be officially 30 years since I've seen this sick of it all biohazard and sure terror show at the TLA, which is the first time I would say it was at an all-pure hardcore show. So, you know, I'm on the doorsteps of just breaking into my 40s and almost 30 years of going to shows. And this is the 25th year of me booking shows. And I know what hardcore has impacted my life. The goods, the bads, the uglies. And all these ugly terms just shaped me better, you know. It's like temperance. You know, steel beaten into shape. Heated on a flame. But when you would temper things... You've got to take that steel and you got to put it back under the heat. You've got to beat the balls out of that thing and temper it to a stronger, 
more resilient material. And over time and in my life, things that were done within the hardcore scene and things that were the byproduct of actions or just the way I was thinking of life from my exposure to hardcore scene shaped me and tempered me into who I am today. And so I'm lucky. And I wasn't really thinking very positively about the return to it. This is hardcore because there was times when the fest felt like a bus. I'll get the, I hear people, I'll get the next one. I mean, love to be there. Just got shit going on. But, you know, you're going to be here every year. There's times when I can be earnest with myself. And it's not an ego blow, but it's like a, I felt took it, taken advantage of. I felt as if, well, if every year people are just like, no matter what, there's always going to be one. It's like there's nothing in hardcore that's too big to fail. Every band that's gotten big started small, and a lot of the bands have gotten big, go right back to some of the places that they played five or six years before they were being paid attention to two people to people beyond our cycle and circle, you know, beyond the influence of hardcore. These people jump in and they love these bands, but then they eh, it's just another band and they don't mean as much as they mean to hardcore people. And that's why these other bands, these older bands that we talked about last time, you know, they seed into us and just become a part of your life. You know, a soundtrack for some major turning points in your young adult life or your late teens, wherever you pick these songs up. Be it, you can see it in Life Agony and VOD as they drastically move towards a, a larger rock sound. Hardcore people still held love and still to this day love them. And still frame things just around like those those early records that those bands put out. There's nothing in hardcore that's too big and can't fail. Because we're a community. This is a subculture. And this is a underground movement despite the TikToks, the Instagrams, the YouTubes. This is a way of life. And... I don't care for people who eschew or downplay the notion of like, oh yeah, this is my life. It's like, okay, cool. So you're going to stop listening to cool music, put on some whack-ass clothes and sit around and be in a square? Cool, man. That's good. I'm not going to I'm not gonna waste my time knocking you for it. But I feel like some people are afraid to just accept that we have our own culture and we have our own rituals and we have our own things and the more I've given like comparison thought to why these festivals still happen why festivals in general happen I think about this is a this is a a meeting of the tribes this is a meeting of the the convergence of all the people who want to come together I'll tell you it's a much different feeling this early in the year Usually I've got about a month away from the fest. And I still, until two weeks out, I was like, oh, I got some time. I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't have any time. And so when I when I talk to you about this stuff, I just think about the importance of everybody's role. The kid who's at every show in Philadelphia. I, I don't even understand if there were kids that are at every show in Philadelphia, but they're, ah, this hardcore is not really my thing. And and for the most part, we've had a great rise in people coming to Philadelphia, to colleges in the area, or just moving here because the shows are good. They're like, oh, I can live anywhere with the same bum-ass Kinko's or fucking Starbucks job, but at least there's cooler shows. And that's just one little small imp- implication that the impact that hardcore punk has on someone's regular ass life, where if they know they could live in whatever town they live in, but if they move to Philadelphia, they can get that job but be closer to them damn shows they want to be at. That shows that shows you something in itself. And it goes deeper. There is a connection from the con world, be it tattoo convention or the com the cool term, the Comic Con, or the you know, all the different conventions. And I'm starting to look at the festival life 
in the American way that we do things to not be unlike this. And the greatest revelation was when Bob moved his fest to the venue that he has now. Because that shit's straight up a tattoo or anime convention type venue. And yet it works so perfectly for hardcore in Florida. There's no fucking heat. It's air conditioned. It's carpeted. The bathrooms are great for the most part. I mean, it's it, it's got none of the hardcore punk rock trappings of graffiti all over the world and fucked up shit. It's just fucking amazing. And people still walk into that room and turn it into a hardcore show. And that just shows you, like, our culture is meant to meet a couple times a year. And I'm lucky that since 2006, people have entrusted extra time from away from home, maybe some vacation time, extra finances, and some, everyone's had ups and downs in their own personal finances. I'm, I'm proud to say that the efforts that I put in is deemed worthy of the assets and, ex, and time expenditure to make the travel, to come and do the things that we do. I thank you for doing this. Thank you for the people that come every fucking year. There's not that many of you left because been doing this motherfucker a lot longer than some of the kids have been going to shows. And there's so many people I hope are having their first This Is Hardcore. Happy that they're, this is their first one. Happy that some of these kids who started these bands during COVID are playing their first This Is Hardcore. I mean, look at that fucking pain of truth. The fucking gridiron. Get the fuck out of here. You know that shit's going to pop. Bow. You know, duh. there's just some bands that are just going to have this energy and it's going to be fueled not by the old stalwarts and the, the, the veterans, but this young energy in the room. And it, it speaks volumes for the importance of youth and the people at the youngest stages and the newest stages, the acolytes, so to speak, the rookies jumping in. And and this is where your impact is felt the most. It's putting your feet on the floor, face in front of the band. Even if you don't know them, just stand in front of them. Let them see. All right, you're playing early. I want to see what you're playing. There's this weird wall. Like, I don't really know them. I shouldn't look at them. I don't want to, You know, I know the weird void is like where you stare like four or five feet from the stage. So you're away from people, but you don't mosh. So you don't know who's behind you, but you're like, I don't think anyone's moshing. So you want to watch the band, but that's the hardcore thing with the mosh, the pit. Can't stand too close. Get hit if you can't see behind you. You just want to be standing there not moshing or not knowing what the band is. So you stand in the back with your arms folded, or you or you ignore the entire awkwardness altogether. You don't watch the band. I didn't check them out. I don't know them. And I implore you, don't be don't be that person, young kid. Have the ball. Stand there. Look at that band. Make them earn your movement. Make them earn that excitement that you get. But give them a shot. You know? All you young moshers out there trying to get to the next level up, put that work in. Not everybody can mosh to every band like Kev Hare and Marty Williams and Soupy Soupy and Eric Walk. You know? But put that time in on that floor. And uh, I think that the coolest shit that we've been able to do is watch symbiotically the rise of these young folks who find hardcore, find this as hardcore or other festivals, start their bands, and then their bands get these elevated moments from these kind of festivals. You know, it's an important, we all rise together. As the Godfather Richie has said many times, high tide raises all ships. That's what this stuff's about. And for those who haven't heard me say this a bajillion times on this podcast and others, in the failure of Hellfest 2005, Sean Agnew and a group of others collectively pulled the best parts of Hellfest, put it into Philadelphia at the First Unitarian Church, as well as the Trocadero Friday night. And then Saturday, they did the Starlight Ballroom, the former home of This Is Our Core. And shows of the Trocadero. And saved 
thousands of kids who had nothing to do a mere 30 miles from Philadelphia and Trenton, New Jersey, and brought them to Philadelphia. And that's the onus or the blueprint that would be like, oh, well, if people come in here for a fest, we should probably be doing one. And that's what we've done. And the fucked up part is, it was only in 2019 when we did our last one. But the team's rusty. (laughs) It's like, oh, fuck, I totally forgot what we did. Because it's not, oh, what we did last year. It's like, oh, fuck, we haven't done it since 2019? Fuck. There's two summers off, man. There's 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 ring rust. Fest rust. But we're back. We're back in the saddle. We've got the new system. And that's the part that we play. We get the venue. I arduously work the best magic I can to get lineups that cohesively embody not only something that would bring people to the festival and make people happy and make people go off, but some semblance of support and honor and respect as well. You know, support the young, support the up and coming, give credence and respect to the OG bands. And then also, revel in the awesomeness of some of the best of all time and to repeat it year after year it gets harder and harder and even with the time off it was a little rusty to see how we could pull the line off up how can we make this happen and I'm only lucky that there was a hate tour in the works so we were able to schedule and pull the entire fest almost a month ahead early just to make this weekend happen otherwise we would have been in late July or early August and just, you know, trying to figure out what else we can do. But it's here. And it's a part of our culture. So many little things. I mean, I I know the bands are what people come to see. And I know records entice people to buy shit and there's going to be great t-shirts. But you almost get stuck sometimes when you want to see that band. But, oh man, I'm having such a great time catching up with friends. Or... Man, I got a million things, but I haven't seen my friend in so many years. And that's the bizarre other thing that happens from time to time with this fest is people don't come every year. And then there's people I may only see at the fest. I never feel like I have enough time to be omnipotent and ubiquitous, be there for everybody, be around everybody, and spend equal time and feel like I've gotten a full vision of what all of this is hardcore is. And I had this thought that it's because there's a different hardcore for every person. There's a different perspective, a different lived experience, and it all kicks back into why some people live for this. Even if it's just they're hanging outside, eating food, checking out bands and sitting with friends and catching up. Especially in a world where we're so socially media dominated post-COVID times when people were worried about walking up and hugging with the mask. One time I'm working at the fucking nuke plant in the heart of the pandemic's outset. I drive by to go to Wegmans and this motherfucking Bob and all these dudes and chicks are all standing like 20 feet apart from each other in a parking lot. I thought I was walking in on some seance shit. (laughs) Seriously, I'm like, what kind of midsummer bullshit is this? And it's only bobbing them out in the Wegmans parking lot. Keeping a safe distance so COVID could not tear the team down. But still one of the most surreal things I've ever driven by. is my own friends in a circle not being near each other. But that's how they wanted to communicate. And it's not them being dumb. It's like that's how far we came as a society. Where our friends had to stand in a parking lot in open air. But 10 to 15 feet away just in case. It's a reality of what we just overcame. And yeah, I was at the Thompson Square Park show in, in New York in 2021. And I was at FYA in 2020. And I was at FYA in 2021. Or 22, rather. And I'm going to tell you, it was fu- they were all fucking great. It's great to be around people. But there's people that still haven't had that or have been waiting for this. There's people who got married because of this part, uh, this fest. There's people who had kids because of this fest. There's people who got married during the fest and have divorced 
So much crazy shit. The reason why these festivals exist is because it's a combination of the love of the culture, the support the bands have from the fans, the opportunity to go beyond the usual, whether your usual is four to six bands or the occasional long all-dayer eight bands, who knows? You start talking about 21 sets in a day, come see me. And that's the stuff of, whoa, that's, that's really something special. You know, and I, I, there's nothing to shake a stick at the giant European festivals with the multi-stages. I think Americans are still light years behind in fest technology. But they're starting to catch up. But it's always going to be for the normal people. You know, the, the big festivals that would just like, because... I remember being in Europe, and it's a lot of drunk assholes, and they may not even know your band. They'll be sitting there drunk with one eye rolling in the back of their head, watching your band, screaming in some indecipherable mix of Belgian and French or German. They don't know who the fuck you are, but they like, you're fucking... You're like, what the fuck is going on? They smell like a fucking 10-day-old meat pie. And that's a big part of the, the thing, too. But in America, it's still we're still mediocre in size. You know, the biggest stuff, argumentatively, was Hellfest. You could say there were some some big high-water moments for Crazy Fest. That thing, the Furnace Fest, had a couple good years. Our last year was good. But Americans just look at Fest differently, and especially when it comes to hardcore stuff, because it's still a smaller subculture. And so, you know, I'm not going to be the one who infuses. Like, I'm not going to add some SoundCloud rap stage. There was talk for a minute about Ghost Mane doing This Is Hardcore, and Ghost Mane himself was like, I don't think we should play. And I thought that was interesting. Usually, the people, the culture vultures, are looking to sink their teeth in. But he didn't feel like it was his place, and I and I honored that. I liked that. So, you get This Is Hardcore, which started in a weird dance hall club atmosphere. Sean Agnew found on the edge of a neighborhood which is very much gentrified in comparison to when he found it in the mid-2000s run by lovable shenanigan fold shady Mr. Chan and his insane awesome family and Richard and Alex and all them people are fucking great had some awesome memories there in the R5 days, in the early days of This Is Hardcore, in a shitty city that still wasn't seen as viable or cool to be at, not just for shows, but just like to live in. And mid-August is hell on earth. You could probably just drop a fucking egg on the fucking sidewalk and it'll be cooked in two seconds. And these kids are lined up, laying on the concrete. Nowhere to go, no food trucks were so fucking primitive. Hotter than the Sahara inside. And somehow, year after year, we grew to the point where it just started getting selling out every year. And we had to move to the factory. And through connections with Tim Bohr and his lifelong friendship with Brian Dilworth, who's dearly departed, we segued and moved the operations to the Electric Factory, which the venue is now known as the Franklin Music Hall. And this is, I should also mention, this is the first time we've had a venue change the names. There was a moment where Starlight Ballroom was called Polaris. And we had to call it Polaris. Then it was called District 9, I think at the very end of the fest. So it was like, it's not uncommon in the history of This Is Hardcore that the venues stay the same, but the names change. And from 2012 to 2019 under Brian's tutelage this is hardcore was and has grown but the plot's the same we get some bands we put them on a stage in front of the giant room stage so you can stage dive and it still has an atmosphere if you just had a really big hall and I rent the show from the, I rent the room from the venue, like a hall rental. Like this is a church 
where we bring porta potties and we build tents and we have 18 vendors selling t-shirts and fucking jewelry and all sorts of wild shit. And we have food trucks and all the things. That's the difference. It's still a fucking hardcore show at its heart. And because of the size of the lineup, people come from all over. And I think that that becomes important because we can see the different people. You know, I said it on other episodes, the cultural mosh was always interesting. And obviously with Hate Five Six and the nature of the internet, everybody is kind of tied in and there's less cultural mosh because people are growing up in hardcore trying to mosh like people from thousands of miles away. But this whole thing matters to us because even though we're a culture that loves to talk about anti-social behavior and obviously social internet stuff makes everybody seem like they're all recluses, it's nice to get outside and be around your friends. It's nice to share a moment where everybody's in the room going off for the same band. And I say it every time. Whatever show you're at that day, you're the only people on earth there. You know, if it was like that, if that, you know, we suspend reality and physics here for a minute. If there was a show at the church last Friday, no pressure. It was the one, remind me of why we stopped doing summer shows. It was so hot. But, you know, if that was a ship and it was going down, yeah, there'd be people that would run to the steps and try to get out. There's definitely people maul and push their way ahead. But as a as a unit and as a community, we would all just sink or swim, you know, sink, swim, float, as a as a group in that room. Back to reality, that's a lot of what goes on in these few moments of excitement and energy across the board with these fests. And some of the things that have really changed is that the heaviest bands got the least of the reaction buzz for so many years. And then the tide shifted and the heavier stuff started being the young Turk things that would pop up. The the harm's way and the code oranges. You know, you always had the hundred demons and the all out wars and, you know, straddling that line was the death threats. But by proxy some of the big sing-along bands, the H2Os, the Banes, the Painted Blacks, you know, those 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 bands were going to the wayside, and it's even harder to think of if I could get 10 fast bands that people would give a fuck about who would also care about CU Space Cowboy and Vane. And I see this culture in us really segment out and the branches of the tree get further apart, and the leaves from the tree shaking to the ground so you just see the branches and you don't see the whole fucking tree, or that we're all part of some fucking ecosystem that revolves around all of us being different and on our own page, but still all tied together. And so, from time to time, yeah, you're still going to see me throw in the bands, like the powerhouses, especially with their new record, the Mushmouths, the Strength for Reasons, because they're equal to the task of importance. It all can't be only about the future and the now because it's so much in our past, as we spoke so many times on this podcast and so many people still talk about on other podcasts. What we do is in honor of the things done before us and we walk in the footsteps of giants, people who had to do a lot more footwork, a lot more legwork, and a lot more overall blood, sweat, and tears to build what we're on now. And it's even streamlined since the start of this fest. And this shit matters because it could all just be about the singular show, or it could just be, we could all like immediately go to a moment where the tours are different and we're more of a square society tour and you're paying $25 to sit in a line with a wristband to shake Vinny Stigma's hand 
Whereas if this is hardcore, Vinny Stigma is walking around shaking your hand. Hey, cuz, how you doing? You know, where your idols aren't hiding in a special VIP tent with someone ready to give you a um, adorned pin or something with like, here's your special pin and here's your Polaroid and we'll take your $40. Even in these big venues, this is hardcore style and bigger. The people playing shows for whatever brief time, they step out away from the band area and they get in front of the bands. They're in the pit or on the side or even just watching and they're back to being the kid in the crowd. You don't have that anywhere else. You never will. And especially with COVID, I don't know if it's on the ropes or they're going to, I don't know what it's going to happen. I don't even like talking about it to be honest because it's such a ridiculous polarized topic. It's not worth delving into and end up in someone's crosshairs online that I can just say that there are people reaching out saying I've missed this and I can't wait to be around everybody and they fucking mean everybody they mean you you little prick from New Jersey and you from fucking Saskatchewan or whatever fucking goofy ass Canadian town you came from they just want to be in a room with people who are like them not sitting there tapping out dissertations on the new ridiculousness of Roe vs. Wade. They want to be in a room with their people so they're reminded that they are a part of something special. The bands want to play to these people and feel validated. These songs are good. People like them. We're a good band. The people who are playing in the bands with some skin in the game let it be known there's always this moment the older your bands get you young motherfuckers where you get on that stage you know do these kids still care and when the floor opens up and everybody's moving you'll know they're still there people all want to know where they fit in the world some people want to come together and be reminded that this is where we belong. And that's part of the beauty of what this fest is. I don't do this thing smart enough at a business level with all the machinations of full monetization. In fact, I don't know if we failed people as a whole by not being profit-driven or updated with the coolest and latest shtick things from the corporate music industry. But we do things that seem to make sense. And we copy things that have worked. And we've improved on things that we've done. Just so you can show up. Get a little shade. Eat a little food. Watch some bands. Buy some records. See your friends. And feel good about yourself. Feel good about that tattoo that you got. Be reminded why all this music still matters. In a world where conventional wisdom is agreeing with people that you work with who take up a majority of the time you're going to spend in your life is with your coworkers. And you're looking for either political debates or you're looking to like the stuff they like so you can be seen as likable and get ahead. In our world, we just put on our fucking headphones and do what we gotta do and get the fuck out of there. Maybe you play the game and you talk, maybe you don't. But it's that fucking head rush that comes. You hear the fucking drums in the beginning of uh, Minor Threat. And you hear the fucking the fucking choruses jump in and singing along and you see a video and you just get so fucking worked up. You know? That you just blind out everything going around you just in fucking work mode. You don't care what this dickhead's going to eat later with his kids or the fucking Bowen Alley party he's been bitching about for two weeks. Because in your fucking head, you're fucking seeing red. And you're fucking excited. And that's when you start realizing, like, I'm around this person to make money at my job Monday to Friday. But we're not the same person. We're not the same fucking creature. We're not even on the same fucking dimension. We're just stuck with these assholes. And that's why... The fest works because some people just get to go there and blow off steam. 
some people get to have a moment where they're not the quiet person who just doesn't want to talk about his tattoos. And, you know, there's so many little things socially that we're conscious of in non-hardcore society that becomes really evident when you get around. I've seen people light up. And I mean, there's been a handful of times where people have run into me and I'm wearing my high-vis shirts and my fucking hard hat and I'm, you know, standing outside on a city street probably getting a food truck or something. Hey, Joe, what are you up to? How got, you know, just work. I'm working over here. I might even be with some of my work buddies. I'm not myself because myself isn't the guy at work. It's a, a, a part I play. Time I put in, I trade my time for money so I can do the things I want to do. I think a lot of people in hardcore are like that. And these things that we set up, this calendar, so to speak, FYA in January, the LDB gimmick, I think like in February or something like that. Now we have a space open with no UB. Ace's gimmick in, uh, I thought he had it in Richmond, did pretty well. Maybe he's going to still keep popping with that. These couple little bit one-off here and there popping up that this is hardcore as a sound of furies. I know the Tulsa gimmick has been a recurring thing lately. I, I think it changed its name. The toy drive in December in California through Nate and what he does. You know, these things people look forward to doing and count on. Oh, B&B in uh, May in uh, New York. There's a lot of these things. And depending on where you lay your, you know, your chips down on, to bet on, that's the one you're you're going to to see if it's going to be the one that gives you all you need. And that's because we love this shit. And we love the validation of being in a room with people who are like us, even if we don't know their name. It's a weird moment. Shared li- living experience. of Standing outside in the hot, just trying to get back in the venue before this band plays. Or the in the world of the church when it's so hot but there's one way out and everyone's in a single file line trying to get out so they can breathe and that's that's the stuff that we do you know drive hundreds of miles a year countless hours outside of shows that we plan for months to go to outside not watching bands but just talking to friends not even talking about music but talking about whatever the bullshit is because once we're once we're together, yeah, we're all the same. You got tattoos, I got tattoos. You like that band, I like that band. You're here, I'm here. It's not too much more of an even ground than that, to be honest with you. If I if I could be straightforward, that's the most even ground I think anybody could be on. So we cut the shit, we just talk about the shit we like. You need to meet people that you only know from the Instagram or the Twitter. Some of you motherfuckers still out there using the typewriter on fucking Facebook. You know, this is our time to get together. This is our time to not be standing in a room with people like, oh, God, I can't wait to get away from this fucking asshole and just go do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's what those other concerts are like. Concert festivals. I'm sure... Every festival has a group of folks. Dude, you going to this one again? Yeah, it's going to be fucking crazy, bro. You know? People super psyched. And I'm not knocking them. But the festival with a Metallica headliner isn't going to have the same level of brotherhood and sisterhood and all the hoods of love and respect that comes from the smaller subculture with a much larger cultural impact. On the world than a hardcore show. A hardcore fest just draws a bigger swath of people from a wider area, more bands, more honey, more bees, right? And that's what this comes down to. I think sometimes people, including myself at times, have a social anxiety about them where the natural against her in us says, Everyone's going over there? Nah, I ain't going there. When I'm 42 years old in a couple days, I have no plans to stop. But when the Lord Almighty or whoever it is stops me 
I want to I want to be stopped without the thought that fuck it. You know what? I should have went anyway. It would have been fun to be around my friends. Sometimes I'm just not interested in a aesthetic point of view. Sometimes it's time management. Sometimes it's I don't want to spend the money when I'm not going to have the kind of fun I would have if it was in our area. But then looking back, it's the small things. It's that three-hour drive where you're stuck in traffic and you're arguing. If you motherfuckers are even arguing at all, not on your cell phones. It's the fun conversations. It's the where are we going to eat after. It's the shenanigans. It's the different things. It's the things that don't have anything to do with the bands. It has to do with the moment. It has to do with the, 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 the time in to get there. And that's what you're going to be looking forward to. And that's what you might laugh at the most. You might be like, dude, that shit, that show was, the show was sick or that set was fucking great. But there's going to be a 20-minute spiel about some stupid thing your friend did and how you all laughed about it. And that's what this, that's what this whole thing is. It's a, it's a lot of work to pull together the bands and organize and then understand how all the pieces relate back to itself. How does the security work? What are the procedures? What are the procedures for re-entry? What are the procedures for if we have an injury and an ambulance has to come? How should the bands check in? Where are they going to check in? All this stuff has to be thought out only so you can drive in a car or take a flight and get stuck in an airport and have to figure out how you guys are getting to the show. And I'll do it for the rest of my natural life. I'll go through whatever we need to go through. I'll kick in the gear and I'll listen and we'll try to take notes and remember to not to fuck up on things and re re-examine past practices and it was just done because we did it like that before, so why change it? I'll go through the motions forever. If I if I know you're coming and I know the the end result is a t-shirt you bought from a band that you love, a conversation you had with a complete stranger, the moment you walked by Scott Vogel and you were like, yo, what's up, Scott? And he's like, yo, man, blah, blah, blah. And next thing he tells you you're wearing a cool shirt and you feel validated like Jesus Christ came down and kissed you on the fucking ear. You know, these are the small things. This group of ours in Philadelphia we love this shit and we live to put our time into things because we love how we feel at the end of it it's almost indescribable I am of different times and worlds as far as like the SCA we talk about things from the medieval time and in that culture service is celebrated service is supported I don't need a fucking medal for doing this because I, I, I feel like I already have a medal. I get to say that we put on some of the best shows on planet Earth just for hardcore people who can come to Philadelphia. I'm going to say we've had one of the most successful and celebrated festivals in the history of hardcore punk. And it has nothing to do with how well we were organized because we're not always well organized. How well it all ran smooth. Because there's always hiccups. It will always be how it was supported. How people came out in droves. How people waited. Looked forward to. And were excited about being together. That's what the celebration is. You know, I, I fucking can't stand the post-fest arm raised over patting themselves in the back bullshit that I see on the Twitter now. My job is to serve you. My job is to support, maintain, and continue to see hardcore punk flourish. I self-appointed myself that job. It doesn't pay well in financial matters, but it makes me feel alive. And I know that people have entrusted their time off from work, their social capital spent asking their mother-in-law to watch the kids so they can go for a day. The things that people move in their personal lives to be present for one show is enough for me to say, this is worth me doing because someone's moving mountains to be 
in the presence of a band playing live. Because the normal person is sitting on the couch with a clicker in their hand. The normal person is doing the mundane, the repetitious, boring, inane. And we're out here, time our teens to our late 40s and early 50s, still getting after it in the pit, still sweating from head to toe, that weird-ass feeling in your balls. It's fucking hot. Your fucking pants have been riding on you and you're moshing. You just want to get outside and hopefully the porta potty doesn't smell like shit. That's what we do because we love this fucking shit. And there's few places on earth and few times on earth where we all get to come together. And so I do this not as a selfless act. I do this as a selfish act because I want to be able to make sure that what we're doing is kept special. And there's tons of festivals that tie in the subculture aspects and the band billing to tie into their multi-million dollar four-stage enterprise. And that's great for them. But when I titled something This Is Hardcore with no understanding that the band Pulp had a record named that, I had an idea that I wanted to bring the festival around the scene and not make the scene bend around the typical prototype structure of the music industry festival and I jumped through hoops stressed my ass off to make sure that this is hardcore as a festival is a very big hardcore show with a little bit of extras that give us the little bit of room for the things that are beyond the common hardcore show but at its core it's a hardcore show because everybody else wants to be six stages Everybody else wants to book, I don't even know what lull rappers you would say, Metallica and some fucking shit, I don't know, I'm not a pop music person, but needless to say, I want my festival to adhere to some basic principles, I want the people who come to the festival to understand at the bare minimum that this is just a big hardcore fest in name, but it's a real hardcore show in spirit, and in production, and in application. I just want to see this continue to grow while I'm still breathing and add my little extra time to something that gave back so much to me and shaped so much of my life. And so, in thinking in all of this and what we said, it kind of like circled around the whole thing that hardcore people are an interesting type that love to feel unique Yet we've all replicated, imitated, duplicated, or straight up stole things other people have done and put it in our own way, which is the most punk rock thing you can do. We've all hated being around people we don't know, but live for the opportunity to smash into someone or have someone's whole foot on your fucking head because they head walked and you love it. The, the combination, the dichotomy between saying, I don't want to fuck. But then being more bummed out, there isn't a real packed feeling. It's so weird and so hardcore punk. I'm just happy that this community has supported me and happy that the community wants to continue to support hardcore in this state and in all the stages, all those festivals and all them shows I'm talking about. But on my end, I want you to know that this is just a part of who we are. We are going to go to these things or say we're going to go and then not go or last minute say, fuck it, I got to go. The FOMO's too hard or whatever the kids say. And it's all part of what, how we're all feeling. And I'm just proud that you all have supported me and forgive me for when we're at the Starlight Ballroom and there's no port, there's no toilet paper. I'm throwing people off stage shirtless. And so sweaty, I feel like I'm going to die and came home dehydrated and cramped up every night. And I just hope you know that. I hope I see you all next week. And that it's an honor and it's a privilege to serve hardcore punk because my life was shaped by it. And I still live in accordance with so many of the values set before me 
in the in the songs and by the people who created the music and the culture that I'll gladly give up sleep, time, money, patience, sanity to add the touch or two and just serve this thing that has made my life great. And after 42 years, very soon, on the, on the brink of 42 years, we'll say, I'm still happy to be welcomed and supported by so many people. And just thank you. This hardcore is next week. We're going to have one good podcast where it's not me just talking into the abyss. Tickets are still available for Thursday night. I'm telling you, show up Friday if you didn't get in. We're going to try to get some people in, even though it's sold out. Tuesday tickets for Saturday and Sunday, or singular tickets Saturday and Sunday. Saturday night, Dream, Section 8, Ringworm. Sunday, Negative Approach, and Guests. At the Underground Arts, at the After Parties. This is HardcoreFest.com. Don't sleep. Yes, we will be back in 2023. But supporting in 2022 will ensure that we f- do the right things in 2023. Take care. See you next week. Peace.